Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. Pre record on my count. Seven, six, five, four, three, two, roll A, fade up on A. Southern Miss to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. And we're glad you are. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Last week of the year, Bob Getty, Luke Johnson, Kelly Center were broadcasting from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and in downtown Laurel. We're glad you're with us this afternoon wherever you're tuned in. Say hello to our good friends at Dickie's Barbecue. Encourage you to have maybe a, a New Year's weekend meal at Dickie's. We know you'll enjoy it. Or have them cater your, cater your food for your New Year's Eve get-together with family and friends. Uh, whatever your choice, you'll always find the food fresh, delicious, and waiting for you seven days a week at Dickie's. And we appreciate their support of the Eagle Hour. Opening the show today with the greatest name in Southern Miss basketball history, uh, assistant head coach uh, Clarence Weatherspoon joins us on the Eagle Hour. Coach, first of all, let me say that we're grateful to you and, and all the coaching staff. You've, you've joined us every week uh, throughout the season. We look forward to that uh, through the remainder of the season. So now you've had a nice little break during the holidays, and I guess the real game starts, so to speak, uh, and uh, you start conference play with a mighty tough opponent, Coach. Uh, yeah, definitely. You know, uh, the holidays gave us a chance to decompress a little bit, but now we're back at it. And like you say, I got a good West Kentucky team coming in, well-coached, got great size. So, you know, it's, uh, it's a challenge right off the bat, but, you know, uh, that, that's what conference play is. Good thing everybody start off zero zero. Coach, uh, how did uh, how did you utilize the time off? The team and the staff. I know you had a little bit of a break. Uh, was that beneficial for the team? And, and how did y'all take advantage of that? Yeah, I think it was. Uh, it gave the guys and the, and the staff a chance to, like I say, uh, take a few days to be around family, uh, to get away from it a little bit, to refresh the batteries, uh, as they say. So you know, coming back, the guys have been really good in uh, practice, and uh, you know. And that's a good sign, you know, you come back uh, re-energized to get after it. Luke? Coach, uh, talk for a minute about Bolden. He got named as the uh, Conference USA Freshman of the Week the second time um, this season that that he's been named that. I mean, just uh, ever since your trip to Montana, he has just really come on. Rashad Bolden has has, uh, been a welcome sight for, for Golden Eagle basketball this year. Yeah, Rashad doing a great job, you know, uh, coming from a program that he had great success. Uh, they won a lot, won three uh, state championships. So he's familiar with um, uh, winning and, and playing, playing at a certain certain level. So, you know, as a freshman coming in, earning minutes now, uh, start a rotation guy. So, uh, you know, everything's, uh, all the good things that happened for him, uh, you know, he's one of those uh, guys that then came out and worked and earned it. So, you know, really, really excited happy for Rashad. One one week ago today at East Carolina, a man a heartbreaking loss. Uh, probably the one of the best games the Golden Eagles have played all year. Is it is it tougher in a situation like that, Coach, to basically you know tell the guys, hey guys, we're almost there, and deal with the disappointment, or just the frustration that you lost again? As, as a coach, which is which is harder to to relate to your guys? Well, I think, uh, you know, that game uh, showed our guys, you know, uh, on the tough, tough uh, circumstances 
a level that we'll be in games to win. And, uh, you know, it was an early game, so it, it was game right before right before the break. So sometimes people say that was a trap game, but we came out and fought all the way to the end and, and uh, lost on the last second shot. Coach Weatherspoon, when you played, um, some of your colleagues, other coaches will say that when, when you were playing, the game was played a little bit more above the rim than it is today. If indeed that's the case, how have you had to change uh, your coaching style or, or working with the guys inside if indeed the game is played a little bit more below the rim than it used to be? Well, I think the game has, has um, transitioned out to the uh, three-point line because, because of um, better three-point shooting. So, you know, you have to make those adjustments. But in college basketball, not as much as in the pros, you still have uh, utilized your guys with size down in the paint to get your second shot. So that's a big thing in, in, the, in the college game, getting second opportunities, the offensive rebound and finishing because now you have more space. So now you really want to work on finishing when you get those touches down there and offensive rebound. And coach, when you look at the difference in scoring too at, at home, there's only, you guys are only average and giving up three more points at home. But when you, you know, three points more than you score on the road, it's, it's closer to six. Those are not blowout games. And I know people look at the record and kind of get discouraged, but these are, these are statistically and most importantly, point-wise, are close games. I mean, how close are you to – I mean, a lot of those could be – could have been wins. Uh, yeah, definitely. Like I say, you mentioned the uh, East Carolina game. That, that, that game went down to the last uh, second. So we're right there. You know, the thing about it is you just got to have those breakthroughs. You got to get uh, a stop. You got to make a big shot. And anytime you uh, playing on the road, it's going to be tough because you're playing at a disadvantage. You're playing, uh, on the, you know, under the other team's circumstances, as you would say, their home crowd, their advantages. Those guys standing at their place rested. So when you're traveling, it, it's the, the the emphasis on making making plays is is, is big on the road and 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 on, and at home is vice versa. You get the chance at having all the benefits and comforts. But you know, as as we continue to to build and, and work and and work the guys, you know, we just want to keep building confidence that. We gotta make those plays. We gotta make those big shots. What, which is a bigger concern to you? Uh, lack of focus on the turnover, you know, dealing with the turnover problem, or inconsistency shooting overall? Well, both of them is, 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 is weighed heavily. But anytime you know the old saying goes, anytime you turn it over, you don't get a chance to shoot it. So inconsistent or not, if, if you're turning it over at a high rate, you won't get a chance to get uh, to shoot it. So. You know, um, some control turnovers, you know, shooting is uh, make a miss is, is all about good shot, bad shot. If you take a good shot and miss it, then, you know, you're doing the right thing. And that's that's all we try to, to, to get the guys to focus on. As long as we're getting the ball to the right places, making a miss, and that, that's part of the game. And if you if continue to work, you'll make most of them. How resilient are kids these days, Coach? Uh, I know the kids got to be a little discouraged, lost a lot of games down the line here. And as Kelly said, uh, a lot of them pretty close. Well, what's the what's the psyche of the basketball team as you head into the conference? Well, uh, like I say, uh, the last two uh, two practices have been really energized, and the guys uh, know that conference play is is really big. So, and, and it give you a chance to reprieve anything that happened in the 
and and and, and non conference play because if you come out and do well in conference and get a good seeding for the tournament, that's gonna be that's that's big it's just as big as winning non conference games because that seeding for the tournament gives you a chance that if you're gonna play three games or four games and that big in conference and uh, conference play and in the tournament. All right, last last question, Coach Spoon. Uh, this is a fantasy, so we're just going to say that everybody's in their prime, and you're the new head coach of an NBA basketball team, and you can build your franchise around LeBron James or Michael Jordan. Who do you pick? Well, uh, I'm gonna go with uh, with the generation I played in because Mike was was <laughs> once he figured out how to win and and brought his team with him. So in the prime. I'm, I'm gonna take. Uh, uh, I'm gonna take Joy. All right, here's, and he's got the rings to prove it too, right, the coach? Oh yeah, like I say, once once he uh, got over that that uh, the hump of, of of the Celtics in, in Detroit, you know, he went on a stretch right there without the retirement. You, you know, it could be said he probably would have had eight straight. So, but you know, Houston had a big say in that because they was playing really well during that stretch. But you know, during that prime stretch. He dominated the league. And my, my final question, Coach Weatherspoon, one-on-one fight, you against Purvis Ellison, you would beat him every day of the week and twice on Sundays, correct? Oh, yeah, definitely. I'm not giving in to Louisville. Now, Louisville, Memphis, uh, Cincinnati, you know, Florida State, that old Metro, we're not giving in. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm taking myself underdog or not. I'm, I'm, going with, I'm going with the black and gold on that now. We're not, we're not giving in to, to those guys at all. Hey, Coach, and finally, I saw a meme the other day that uh, Michael Jordan was asked, uh, how would his bull, how bad would his Bulls team beat the current NBA champion? And he said, by two or three points. And the question was, by by only two or three points? And he goes, yeah, we're 60 now. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you know, you know I, uh, I saw that. But, you know, those Bulls teams was built like these teams uh, now because they had so many interchangeable pieces. Uh, you're looking at uh, a team that has shooting, uh, athleticism, and size, so you know they can match up defensively with with today's basketball. So you know that 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 would be a good matchup putting the Bulls in this era. There you go, Coach. Well, look, it's fun talking to you. Wish the best of uh, luck to you guys uh, as you start conference play. And again, Coach, thanks for being so accessible and coming on the show. All right, thanks for having me, guys. The great Clarence Weatherspoon, everybody. Not got to give it to Purvis Ellison. What's the matter with you? Oh, I would, I would bet on Spoon in a I'd fight against Ellison. B- fight just about anybody if you really want to know the truth. Both, both teams thought each guy was in the conference for like twelve years. It's just yeah, I ended so up good. in an elevator with him a couple of years ago at a football game, and the one word that came to my mind: big. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> we'll be back. Southern Miss to the top. I want to thank the great Clarence Weatherspoon for joining us in the first segment of the show. Second segment of the show today, sponsored by Campus Bookmart and CampusBookmart.net. And uh, they're having, a sure, a great after Christmas sale right now. And uh, your baseball stuff is going to start arriving any day. Got a great selection of basketball apparel as well. So, 
Make sure if you're out and about this weekend, you uh, stop by Campus Bookmart on Hardy Street. Tell Miss Kathleen, the guys from the Eagle Hour, said hello. We appreciate them very much. We're broadcasting today from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. Heath Hinton, proprietor of Big Gold Nation, now joins the Eagle Hour. Heath, we uh, just had the spoon, the great Clarence Weatherspoon on the show. Uh, it's been a pretty tough preseason, so to speak, preseason uh, prior to conference games. And uh, it doesn't get any easier when you open against Marshall and uh, you open against Western Kentucky, then Marshall, and then, then you're on the road in Conference USA. Uh, not an easy way to start out the league play. No, it isn't, guys, and, and it's going to get, you know, this is going to get tougher as you say the road games, but you got Western Kentucky coming in 8-5 and five overall. Uh, they do have a, if you want to see, a, I mean, this is kind of impressive, 7-5, 240-pound center. Uh, Western Kentucky has him, and uh, then you look at Marshall. Marshall is always uh, pretty good. They're 7-6 and six right now, played a decent out-of-conference schedule, but... Two teams that are coming in, Reed Green Coliseum, that, uh, you know, Southern Miss is struggling right now. There's no question about it. They played well in their last outing, but, you know, when you're up by nine with five minutes left, those are games you got to win no matter what. And they weren't able to pull it out. So hopefully they continue to get better and you start seeing those wins uh, materialize. But uh, it's big right now with the start of conference going. And when you had when you went into the season, you're hoping for, you know, 14 or 15 wins. You want to see that progression, you know, the the record getting better. I, I, is it fair to say, Heath, at this point, that maybe, maybe the coaches weren't even aware of what Tay Hardy playing the two, and and losing Tay Hardy for the year would the impact it would have on this team? Well, I think I think they probably knew when he went down. I I, I think they did. I think maybe before the season, he's played better. Than he has uh, since he's been here. This he's really played extremely well this year. Um, look, there's just nobody stepping up and taking his points. Right. Somebody's got to step in there and take his points. You've seen maybe Bolden can do it at times. Pierre been able to, you know, show some signs, but nobody's stepped in and taken those thirteen, fourteen points a game. And until they get that production from somewhere. It's going to be tough for the Golden Eagles to win. And what uh, an odd injury. Yesterday. What an odd injury. I was watching the game when that happened, and it was literally like it was literally like the guy on Montana grabbed his arm and pulled it out of socket. I, I know that is not exactly what happened, Heath, but how do you explain such a, an odd and peculiar season-ending injury? It's just one of those freakish things that happen. And sometimes it happens in basketball because uh, guys are going up or maybe they got a player coming down for a rebound, lands on their shoulder. So, I mean, those are things that happen, but just the way it happened, it was really weird. Um, And it just, when you got a team that, and think about it, he went out and the team had just won two games in a row. They were playing well. And then he goes out, and on top of that, you had a team that only – they got a day off before the game because another team had to cancel. And then you got Southern Miss who's playing their third game in a row. Add to that, and your best player goes out, and sometimes bad things happen, and they weren't able to overcome they it. They happened. Bad things did happen. All right, and, Luke, and, let's switch gears here real quick. Uh, Luke wants to uh, talk about the, and I think this is interesting, Luke, the Southern Miss Athlete of the Year. Yeah, Heath and I were texting earlier, and, uh, and Heath – you know, we can toss around some of those names. 
Let, let's just talk generally about which, if we were to, let, let's do it this way. I, I, I've come up, I think, Heath, I sent you four um, that we were discussing, but I've come up with with an additional couple of them. So um, why don't you walk through the 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 few that were we were talking about, and then I'll add a couple more to the list. Yeah, you know, we were talking for Athlete of the Year, and when you're talking Athlete of the Year, you're talking about the year 2021, so starting in January, ending now, and and uh, players that have played, it's you look at a Reed Trimble, a guy that you know went from he was a good player, but nobody thought he would go you know draft behind the draft, and you know the Ray Walker pile and Hunter pitched, and um, you know Malik Shorts. I mean, it's uh, as Cierto. I, I think there's a lot of options there that could be. Uh, you know, athlete of the year. You got to tune to Big Old Nation to see what we uh, pronounce Big Old. Uh, as I, the athlete I, I, of the I can tell you right now, you mentioned the guy I'm voting for, Walker Powell. How's Walker Powell not the athlete of the year? <laughs> well, let, here, just uh, Kelly said bef- before uh, he went on air today, he felt Luke Johnson today because he had some stats. We'll break those down next segment uh, with with the Masseys and stuff. But just so you know what we're talking about, Bob. So from a from a statistical standpoint, Reed Trimble batted 345 this year, 17 home runs, 72 RBIs, 59 runs, and then on top of that, um, stole a bunch of bases. He was 12 of 14 on the base path. Walker Powell, uh, who very strong to consider for this honor, 10 and 2 on the year with a 2-3-1 ERA, struck out 86 and in 89 innings. Stanley, on the other hand, 6 and 4, 2-5-6 ERA, but struck out 127. Now, those are the three that really come to mind. Uh, right. Heath also mentioned Malik Shorts, who led the team this year. He was the Connerly uh, finalist from Southern Miss and uh, had a great year. 89 tackles, two interceptions, had two tackles for loss. But a couple others that I just kind of want to include, we forget Malaya Grayson of women's basketball was the Conference USA Freshman of the Year in women's basketball over this season. That's a big honor, one of the few times it's happened in Golden Eagle history. And then another person that that, um, Heath mentioned, Elena Escuedo, Freshman of the Year in Conference USA Soccer. We saw what the soccer team did um, this year. She led the team, 21 points, 7 goals, 7 assists. And then the final name I want to include on this discussion is a dude that took Southern Miss track and field to the next height, Eric Richards, uh, who was a senior this year with a high jumper. He was an All-American. At one point this uh, in the spring, he was third nationally and I think 15th in the entire world. He jumped seven feet four inch four and a quarter inches and those are three names that i think would would be uh in in consideration for this also and luke i I would also mention corvell todd in that too he was incredible um you know there's when you're talking about player of the year you also have to look at what they did you know when it was crunch time and i think it's easy to say that Reed trimble at Ole Miss, maybe had one of the best postseasons in Southern Miss history in baseball. And, 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 and I don't think there's any question in that. He hit everything that was around the plate. And Heath, I want to answer. He, I want to answer Bob's question. Incredible. Why, why, why Trimble instead of Powell? And certainly not taking anything away from Powell. But Trimble was an everyday guy. Oh, well, that's right. right. And, and Powell wasn't. You know, and it's not Powell's fault. I mean, he's well, a pitcher. That's just the way it is. You know, the, the kid that jumped seven feet three quarters of an inch. That Eric doesn't – well, yeah, but I just, I saw Kelly. He was high jumping in here, and he covered that three-quarters of an inch 
instantly. Well, you, so he was only seven feet below that young man. You put that uh, bluebell cookies and cream up there. I'm gonna might go might go a full inch. One of the things with Reed Trimble is he he's one of the the rare. He's a five tool guy, and that's what you never really see that. Uh, no, you but don't. you talk about double digit in steals, approaching three fifty at the plate, approaching twenty home runs, seventy two RBIs, fifty nine runs. That that is. That will go down as probably one of the overall best uh, offensive and, seasons in Southern Miss baseball. And don't for, and don't forget, Luke Trimble wasn't even signed at Southern Miss. He was going to Pearl River. Yeah. He uh-huh. was going. He was going to hey, junior guys, college. Why isn't he still I want, here? I want to ask you this: When you're talking about, you know, everybody talks about the athlete of the year, yeah, but the unheralded player of the year, the maybe the underrated player of the year, the player of the year that does things that doesn't get noticed, but what they do wins games and it maybe flies under the radar, and maybe they did have a good year. I would say this. I would say without Jason Brownlee, Southern Miss couldn't run the super back offense. Great point. I think without Jason Brownlee out there, uh, being able to beat one-on-one, but also being able to get in zone with his speed, I don't think the super back offense would have worked the last two games, and I don't think Southern Miss would have won. I think he may be the most unheralded or – you know, player of the year. And when you talk about athleticism, too, you, you really can't underestimate those track and field guys. No. They're, Unbelievable they're, they're, athletes. You talk about, might very, that mm-hmm. might very well be the guy that was athlete of the year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the, the body control they have and, and just the raw athleticism is You're amazing. talking about a dude from Southern Miss that was in the top 15 in the entire yeah, world. How is he not? He, he's the athlete of the year. You're, I'm convinced he's the athlete of the year. You, you I think the longevity award has to go to Montenegro. The longevity oh. award, the longest performing athlete in Southern Miss history, must be Montenegro, and he'll leave with an honorary doctorate when it's all yeah, over. Right. Also. And, and four kids and a grandchild. I mean, it's just been an amazing career. Well, speaking and also invite his little brother in too. That's even yeah, yeah. Now we got him for another eight years. Well, speaking yeah. on, speaking on behalf of all millennials, I think all of these athletes are worthy of an award. <laughs> I think we should give every single one of them. A, a medal, a trophy, something so they okay. can feel good about themselves. Let me just say, you ever talk like that again, you will <laughs> never be back in the studio. Billy, all you need to watch is Cobra Kai, and you won't say that anymore. Strike hard, strike fast. Thank you, yeah. Heath. <laughs> Heath Thanks, guys. Have a good one. Heath and everybody, Big Gold Nation. <laughs> never talk like that again, my friend. Okay. We'll be right back. Tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top. Eagle Hour continues on this Tuesday of the last week of the year. Appreciate you listening to us live on your Super Talk station. Maybe you're listening to us online, or maybe you're catching this later in podcast form. You can always get Eagle Hour on demand in many different platforms, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, or on the Super Talk website page so appreciate everyone listening to us and another 
Great year of the Eagle Hour as we talk about uh, Southern Miss sports every single day. This third segment brought to you by 4th Street, where uh, there's a bunch of college football being played today, and you can all catch it at, at 4th Street later on. Uh, this week, uh, on New Year's Eve, of course, uh, the two college football playoff games, Cincinnati and Alabama, Michigan and Georgia, all being played, and you can watch them at 4th Street. NCAA football action right now. At the end of the third quarter, Auburn leading Houston by a score of 13-10. to 10. That is in the Ticket Smarter Birmingham Bowl. Coming up in just about uh, less than an hour, Air Force against Louisville in the Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. Mississippi State taking on Texas Tech in the AutoZone Liberty Bowl at 545. And then two games tonight, UCLA and NC State in the San Diego County Credit Union Holiday Bowl. And then the nightcap, the Guaranteed Rate Bowl, West Virginia and Minnesota. You know, they, they've got the uh, – it's coming up. I'm trying to see when it is. It's the Duke's Mayo Bowl, and they announced today that the winning coach will sit in a chair and will basically get a man-aids bath. I wonder how much they're going to pay him to do that. That's either going to be, uh, okay, how cool would this be? Either Shane Beamer of South Carolina or guys Mac Brown of North Carolina, because that's who's playing Thursday. Would you enjoy seeing Mac Brown covered in mayonnaise? Well, he's used to, at his age. He's probably he would probably prefer to be sitting down at some point. So maybe, <laughs> so, so maybe that would be only. For, and look, I, I'm I'm not making fun of Mac Brown. I'm right there with him. But and I know I would much rather be sitting. As long as I'm sitting, I don't care what happens, you know. But um, you get a lot of good college college football still to be played, and sometimes we're forgetting, you know, that uh, other than those two big games that Luke mentioned, that there are still plenty of bowl games. College basketball conference USA Southern Miss, as we mentioned with Coach Clarence Weatherspoon in the first segment, the Eagles are back at it Thursday night against Western Kentucky. That is a seven o'clock tip off at Reed Green Coliseum, and then no rest for the weary. Two days later, that's. New Year's Day, New Year's Day, January 1st at 2 o'clock, they'll play the Marshall Thundering Herd. So a big weekend of college basketball for Southern Miss at home. And then after they get done with the homestand with Western Kentucky and Marshall, they will take to the road at Texas San Antonio, at UTEP, at La Tech. So we'll know a lot more about uh, perhaps the future of this team for as far as the conference slate goes. Uh, in the next week or so. Meanwhile, the Massey ratings are out in college basketball. Conference USA ranked the 13th strongest conference out of 20 that are sporting Division I programs. There are 358 teams that put basketball teams on the court, 358. So 179 is the median. 179 is right in the middle. And Conference USA getting a little bit of love in the sense that only four of its members are below the middle line. And that would be Old Dominion at 218, Florida Atlantic at 228, UTSA at 289, and then our Eagles are 300th out of 358. The number one team in the conference, according to Massey, is UAB. Unfortunately, UAB is on Southern Miss's side of the ledger, as is North Texas, which comes in second in the Massey ratings at 50, excuse me, at 88. So UAB, the number one team, 66 out of 358, North Texas 88 out of 358. Then comes Western Kentucky. Now, this Western Kentucky team, you know, you saw them play so well against Louisville and Kentucky earlier this year. Now, remember, the Hilltoppers are completely different at home. They're 7-1 and one at home and have not won a game on the road. So that's one thing the Eagles might have going for them. But, but I don't know how you're going to stop a guy that's 7-5, 250, you know, in the middle. Uh, so you're predicting a win since Western Kentucky has not won on the road. Is that what we're hearing? 
I'm simply stating facts, Bob. You can oh, okay. you can you know go where you want to with that. All right. Louisiana Tech is fourth in the league according to the Massey ratings at 122. Three out of the top four teams according to the Massey ratings in Conference USA are on Southern Miss's side of the ledger. Fifth is Middle Tennessee with 149. Charlotte comes in at 159. UTEP at 163. Rice at 168. Then comes Marshall. 171, and then Florida International at 179, which is right on, right smack in the middle. And then again, the only four teams in the bottom half of the Masseys, Old Dominion, FAU, UTSA, Southern Miss, the only two teams in Conference USA that have losing records. There's only two that have losing records. Now, the other ones aren't you know, heavily populated with wins, but nonetheless, all the other teams have winning records. The only two that do not are Old Dominion and Southern Miss. Well, I think it's fair to say that, that what Southern Miss basketball has to aim for is improving week by week, winning, obviously, as many conference games as they can. But what they're shooting for is to be playing well by the time the tournament gets here. Because as far as postseason play is concerned, the only hope for Southern Miss is to go win the tournament. That's right. You're right, Bob. And yeah. really, for any team in the league. You Basically, know, that's right. Yeah, yes. I mean, if you're UAB. Right. If right. you're North That's Texas, right. sitting at, right. it's a one Unlike, league. say, the SEC where you can be 500, you know you're probably going to get invited to the oh, tournament. Oh, because of your strength of schedule. You're playing all those of other, course. You know, of those course. other teams. Of course. A couple of other statistics that stand out. Southern Miss overall, they're scoring uh, 61.3 a game. That's dead last in Conference USA. Uh, and Defensively, they're kind of in the middle of the pack, giving up 70.1. That's overall. But they're much better at home. Uh, scoring about 65 points and giving up 67 and a half. So, you know, obviously much better, as you would expect that to be. But that's uh, that's a breakdown of the latest Massey ratings, and most of the conferences now will begin play. A big game coming up later this week. Uh, Baylor, the number one team in the country, they're 11-0. and They're playing the eighth-ranked Iowa State Cyclones, who are 12-0. and Yeah, to get that in, Luke. So is the day of, uh, and, and I hope it is, I hope I'm right about this. I'll, I'll admit, I'm, I'm not, I don't follow college basketball as probably as close as I should. Is the day of Duke and North Carolina reigning supreme over? You say Baylor's the number one team. Iowa State's a really highly ranked team. I think Kansas is still up there. But is is the era of Duke, North Carolina now something in the past? I, I, I think the dominance, perhaps, it is. But again, all of, with, with the... Um, the likeness and image contracts and with the transfer portal and things like that, a lot of these teams are going to be different from year to year. You know, don't, don't get too used to seeing one particular face because they might be gone. I mean, uh, Duke, Duke's number two right now. Yeah. And they're 11-1. and one. Yeah. You know, but you, you do have kind of the, the rotating much of the same top ten. Uh, Gonzaga's always going to be up there. Kansas is always uh, going to be up there. And you look at, you know, some of the teams that uh, – Maybe fall. I would make an argument that Kentucky is not what it used to be right. compared to maybe what Duke would be. But yeah, North Carolina is not even in the top twenty-five right now. Hmm. Interesting. And when, yeah, and when you look at uh, the Massey ratings, has the Big Twelve as the number one conference. Number one conference, the Big Twelve, and of course you've got Kansas in there. You've got Baylor. You've got Iowa, Iowa State. State. Your yeah. Cyclones are number eight right now in the coaches' poll. I yeah. mean the the AP poll. Yeah, so I mean there's there's a lot of good basketball according to you know the Masseys in the, in the Big Twelve, and again twenty conferences um, out there with Division One basketball. Conference USA ranked thirteenth out of those twenty. LSU has the best team money can buy at twelve and zero. Yeah, yeah, and they're ranked what uh, fourth or something? 
No, they're 16th right now at 12, 12 and 0. Oh, wow. Okay. And it largely depends on the region. I mean, I grew up in, in northern Virginia and uh, went to a very large high school. Basketball was a huge sport there. I mean, when we played basketball, there, there wasn't a seat available in the gym. Here, football dominates. Uh, in the Midwest, uh, football's big, but basketball's very, very big in the Big 12. Yeah, you go north of the Mason-Dixon line. Correct. You know, uh, and, and that's, that's generally true. Basketball, well, because the football season's up there, you know, they start playing the same time we do down here, but it starts getting cold up there by late October, right. so that they don't want to be outside. And I don't want to date myself, but we wore high-top Chuck Taylors, baby. I can just see you there, Scoop, with, with the white T-shirt <laughs> rolled up uh, with the sleeves. Playing the, the uh, warming up to the uh, to the whistle song that the Harlem Globetrotters played. Did you have the cigarettes rolled up in your sleeve, your T-shirt? After the game. Oh, after, after the, game. the game. I got like, you. Yeah, when I, when I change into my civvies, yeah, yeah. So a lot, a lot of uh, good things happening now that conference play. Now you're going to start. Do you have the cigarettes rolled <laughs> Well, you know, most people in, in, in your in area. In the basketball uniform. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're talking about a uniform. I thought you were talking oh, about my God. as a fan. Bail him out here, Luke. <laughs> there's nothing to bail out. <laughs> all, right, all right, let me let me say. There's nothing I can do to bail out. Well, here's a couple of other notes about Southern Miss this weekend. All right, we talked about Western Kentucky coming to town. All right, and they beat Louisville earlier this year. Right, uh, but they are zero and two on the road. Look, Marshall's one and four on the road. So these are these are these two. So you're teams- predicting two wins. I'm simply stating fact. It's like Fox News. I report, you decide. Okay. <laughs> they lost to Minnesota. They lost to South Carolina. They lost to Memphis. Uh, they lost to Buffalo, and most recently they lost to Kentucky last mm. Wednesday by 35. The but they have beat Ole Miss, as Kelly said. They have beat Louisville. They've defeated Eastern Kentucky, uh, and yeah, that was the the extent of their good wins. They're, they're yeah, they, they, we, we like them because they beat Ole Miss like a drum. And, but they are a much different team on the road than they are at home. So is Marshall. So fingers crossed. Jamarian oh. Sharp, 7-5-235. Last year at John A. Logan College, averaged almost six blocks a game. You can do that when you're 7-5. And Sanders predicting a two-game home sweep. So everybody buy your tickets and uh, head to Reed Green. Southern Miss to the top. To the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Final segment on this Tuesday brought to you by DBAT and D1 Training. Hey, don't let a New Year's resolution end on January the 2nd. If you go ahead and sign up for a membership at D1 Training, you can use it all year long as well as get your kids great uh, training and as well as instruction over at DBAT, DBAT, Hattiesburg.com, DBAT D1, proud sponsors of the Eagle Hour. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and uh, Laurel. By the way, guys, as soon as the show's over, I'm actually going to put up a, uh, a poll on the uh, Eagle Hour Twitter account and we will list four athletes uh, who our listeners think 
uh, should be the Southern Miss uh, Athlete of the Year, and we'll have that up later uh, today. I, I've got to eliminate uh, probably a baseball player, Bob, so there will not be three baseball players on there. There may not be two, but I'll at least have at least one baseball player. Well, i gotta t- I got to tell you, Luke, you, you sort of changed my mind when you remind us of what the the kid did in track and field. It's hard It's hard not to recognize that. Eric Richards will, will be on, on that list uh, for sure. Right. All right, uh, we, we mentioned it earlier with Coach Clarence Weatherspoon, but Rashad Bolden, freshman for Southern Miss Basketball, has been named the Conference USA Freshman of the Week for this week. Had 12 points and a career-high five assists in the one-point loss to East Carolina last Tuesday. Uh, he's absolutely doing great. He was a guy that we thought might come in and might be redshirted, but, man, he has played exceptional. So uh, Rashad Bolden for the second time this season, Conference USA Freshman of the Week. All right, guys, last night Saints were down actually now 22 players, four coaches, and uh, they had a chance. I had to settle for a field goal. I kind of dodged a bullet with the uh, the Dolphins at the end of the half. Uh, Sean Payton was pretty mad about basically Brian Flores got given an extra timeout. The referees went over there and and uh, talked to him and said, "You really don't want to take a timeout right now when the clock's you know needs to be reset." But uh, you you just could tell how frustrated Sean Payton was. You could tell early on how frustrated Alvin Kamara was. Book didn't play horrible. First pass I know went for a pick six, but. But, I mean, you know, he didn't even take reps until like two days ago with the starting wide receivers. So, Saints drop it 20-3. to three. Uh, They, they got to pull some, some miracles here down the stretch. No, but Miami nothing. guys, for the first time in NFL history, first team with a seven-game losing streak and a seven-game winning streak in the same season. Yeah, the Dolphins are a pretty good-looking team. I, I heard it best summed up today at lunch on the NFL channel. And the guy said, we live in weird times, but it now appears that who makes the playoffs and who does you know who makes it to the Super Bowl will depend on how many of their players are vaccinated. Think about that. How many of your players are vaccinated gives you the best chance to survive long enough to get to the Super Bowl, Kelly Sander. But but this new variation of this Omicron, whatever, uh, not as severe to people who have been, but you can get it. Right. All right. So that that presents a whole other set of right. problems. But it is. It was just, and and I like the Saints. I don't love the Saints. I like the Saints. You know I'm a Bengals fan, but, and I'll say the same thing about your Washington football team. It's so, it, the league shouldn't put one team in a situation where they are no. so outmanned. I mean, Dallas, and I know there's a ton of Cowboy fans out there. They, oh, we're looking good now. Well, you played Washington's third string. Okay, that's exactly what they did, and and that's what Miami did last night with with New Orleans. That's what uh, that's what the, the Texans did against San Diego this weekend. That's <laughs> the, what the, the L.A. Chargers. Yeah, I'm sorry, the L.A. Chargers. <laughs> right. uh, the Cleveland Browns have been playing two games in a row, just terribly undermanned. But it's an oddity that that, that COVID does not strike in Dallas, Green Bay, or Los Angeles or Tampa. And 110,000 people in Dallas. It's amazing, and not one not single one single cowboy. Has COVID. It's amazing. And Tom Brady in Tampa, they're putting him in a oh, bubble, you know, oh. so that at his age. Our, our, our teams got shafted at the end of the year, Luke Johnson. They really did, and they're not the only ones. I mean, you, you, your guys have had two weeks in a row. But I, I was going back last night, they were talking about it some on Monday Night Football. But a hurricane, okay? Yeah. COVID. Yeah. J, uh, James's ACL. Yeah. Um, 
it, it's pretty remarkable that the Saints are seven and eight right now. Yeah, I, I was they were, they I was actually thinking that for like last a month. month. Yeah, they still have a chance to have a winning record. And in light of everything New Orleans went through, if they finish the year with a winning record, that tells me that, that that's one hell of a coach. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be okay once things settle down. But we've been saying once things settle down. We've For been three saying, years. Yeah, yeah. So, hey, Luke, on a, on a side note with your poll on Athlete of the Year, wh- what about a, the Southern Miss Coach of the Year? Would it be Coach Mo? Would you give it to Coach Mo, the women's soccer coach, or John Stewart? The track coach, he's been he's been great for the last couple of years. Yeah, he has. And I would probably say last year for Stewart, I, I think I would give it to Mo this year simply because they did so they, they, they went through two full seasons in you know twelve a twelve month period. But they did so much this year that had never been done before. Uh, the victory yeah. Charlotte, the victory against Rice, um, you know, having the offensive player of the year in the entire conference in the spring, having the conference freshman of the year in the fall, making it to the final. I mean, what they did, what they've done in really the last eighteen months of calendar year is has never been done before in that sport. But yeah, the uh, the, the polls going up. It's going to be uh, Esquerdo from soccer, Trimble from baseball, Richards from track and field. And I'm throwing Bob a bone. I'm going to put Walker Powell in there for baseball also. All right, that wraps me up for the year. I'll be taking care of other Super Talk visits the rest of the week. But the guys will be here. They've got Patrick McGee on the show tomorrow. Got two. Uh, Division One football officials, along with Melissa Socher, on the show Thursday, and then a great show uh, Friday on New Year's Eve when y'all talk to Derek Hamilton. I thought that was uh, just a great show about his son entering the NFL draft and other things. So uh, I hope you have a wonderful New Year's. The guys will be back here tomorrow at one o'clock, and until then, everyone, Southern Miss to the top. To A Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.